Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. 30-year-old Karina Vetrano was last seen running along a road near her home as she headed towards a park in Queens. CCTV footage shows her in full stride in the warmth of the afternoon sun. Little did she know this was some of her last minutes of life. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I actually... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Amanda Howard, the serial killer whisperer, true crime author, and criminologist. Well, it certainly feels like it's been a while. <laughs> it certainly has, Robert, but I think uh, people would like to know what you've been doing, especially when we've seen you undressing on uh, daytime television. <laughs> yeah, well, in my busy schedule, I'm actually trying to go to the gym now. I figure if I'm going to start undressing on national TV, I probably need to be a little bit fitter. So. <laughs> oh, the faces of, of the host of the show. That was absolute classic. I loved it. Loved it. Oh, well, Natasha Belling I've worked with on Studio 10, so. So, um, and I know Larry and I actually know them all very well. And yes, I do occasional segments for the morning show here in Australia where I talk about the news topics of the day and probably for the second time I started getting my gear off. I really do need to resist that urge. <laughs> See, Patreon subscribers who come to our our monthly chats, um, Robert doesn't just do it for us. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's worth the twenty dollars alone, isn't it? On <laughs> Actually, someone said it's a tease of my OnlyFans account. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Could you imagine? There, there's a market say. there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, let's get serious because this week's case is a serious case and it occurred in Howard Beach, Queens, New York. The victim was Karina Vetrano, a 30-year-old aspiring writer who spent her days as a speech pathologist working with patients with autism. At around 5pm on August 2, 2016, Karina set out for a run as she had done countless times before. She was last seen alive heading towards Spring Creek Park that was a little under a block from her home. When she failed to return, her father, a retired New York City fireman, rung a neighbour, who just happened to be a New York City police chief, and a search was soon launched. At 11pm, Karina's lifeless body was found by her father. Her clothing had been pulled up to expose her breasts, as well as her running shorts had been pulled down. The team gathered at the scene had no doubt that she had been raped. The theory was that Karina had been struck in the back of her head with a large object that knocked her down. Her attacker then dragged her into a side culvert in the park. Karina had fought back viciously. She had been beaten so hard that she had cracked her teeth. She had multiple contusions from her attack, but nonetheless her attacker was able to sexually assault her before strangling her, leaving a purple bruised handprint on her neck. Six months later, police arrested Chanel Lewis, a 20-year-old black man who lived with his mother and sisters a few miles away from the park. Lewis had a police record, but most of it for petty or non-violent crimes, such as urinating in public and break and enter. Now, interestingly, this interrogation has a cast of thousands. Besides Chanel Lewis being in the interview room, there were also two detectives and two assistant district attorneys. ADA Peter McCormack does most of the talking. We should also note that Lewis and Detective Brown are both black. The two ADAs and other detective are white, and Karina was white. Race plays an important part in this case, so that's why it's important to mention that from the outset. So McCormack reads Lewis's rights and then starts the questioning. 
Alright, Chanel, why don't we start with, uh, I think it was a Tuesday evening on August 2nd, um, 2016. Do you remember that, that date, that evening? Mm-hmm. Alright. And where were you at that time? Mm-hmm. I was in Spring Creek Mall. and Spring Creek Mall. Okay, by Gateway and Spring Creek Mall? Spring Creek Park. Park? Yeah. Alright. Were you inside the park? Yeah. Okay. Amanda, this seems different to other interviews we have watched before. There's none of that usual getting to know you stuff that we often see. Uh, They've just started right in there. They've read him his rights, just started with the time of the crime. It feels very rushed, actually. Yeah, and I mean, as you said, this is just the very start of it, but but we're already seeing them uh, start to uh, repeat things back to him. He is um, saying words and they're, like, confirming that they're the words that he's supposed to say. Like, spoiler alert, I, I, I know where this goes to, but it's it's just, it's strange that he isn't matching the energy that's in the room. So so the ADA is talking, going on, but about, you know, this is what happens, this is where you were, this was the street, right? So it's a bit of railroading. Um, of mm. of what he has to say, and Lewis is almost shut down completely. And w- w- we're not going to see uh, many changes, but there will be a few changes. But yeah, this is rushed. Not many changes, but a few changes. Intriguing. Um, <laughs> what I'm guessing from just the thirty seconds that I've seen so far is that police have their evidence and they're really just going through the formality of a police interview. I don't think they need him to say anything. That's my take out, just as I say, from that first 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, as as you said in in the intro, uh, this victim is the daughter of a police fireman, um, and his best mate is um, a police chief. So yeah, so yeah. Um, it's 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 one of those inbred cases that is something that they've been hammering on. It's been six months before they got to this guy, so they had to get all of their ducks in a row, and they're ready to to, to lay them all out in front of him. Yeah. Uh, This guy certainly picked the wrong victim, that's for sure, when she's got connections like that. This is not a case getting lost in the system, for sure. Uh, McCormack continues with his narrative. And was anyone with you or were you by yourself? By myself. All right. About what time did you get to the park? About five o'clock. All right. And how did you get to the park? From what street? From, you know, where the Bell Parkway. From where, the, from where the Bell Parkway entrance is to the yeah. park? All right. And what kind of park is this? What does it look like inside? Are the trees, grass, benches? Or More like large grass. High grass? Are there any trails in the park? Mm-hmm. Okay. And were you on a trail or were you in the grass? On a trail. Okay. Yeah, there we go, Amanda. One word answers. It's que- it's it's not even question. It's statement, yes. Statement, yes. Um I come back to it. McCormack, he's got his case. He just wants someone to say yes. And, and basically, we're, we're, we're trying to get through. Yeah, you know, he, he wants a great big bow on this. They've got the guy. They know what happened. They know what he did. But they need for him to actually confess to make this a lot easier to go down the way that it should. Because, as you said, he, he chose a very poor victim for this because there, there was this need to, to solve this case. And it was a very high-profile high case at the time because we've seen... um. Uh, women in New York, um, you know, like the Central Park jogger and people like that. So, so that sort of crime is is very much ingrained in into New York psyche. So this case had to go down. So he's saying, you know, where did you go through? And, and, and when Chanel goes to say something else, he sort of makes him correct himself and say, oh, no, the Beltway pathway or, or whatever he said there. It's about him just giving the answer, no elaboration. And mm. because if he elaborates it and says something wrong, when they have their case sitting in front of them, it could go down very badly for them. What does that mean? Well, if if they say, you know, oh, well, were you wearing pink shorts? And he says, yes, I was wearing pink shorts. And then they find out that he had blue shorts on. It's things like that that can cause reasonable doubt. Yes. So they want to make sure that he only says what the story is. Well, speaking of such thing, McCormack actually then asked Lewis what he was wearing on the night of Karina's murder. What kind of trail is it? Paved or dirt or what? It's kind of like a dirt. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. About what time would you say you got into the park that night? That that evening? Oh, five. Okay. 
What was the, what was the weather like? Was it rainy, cloudy, sunny? Well, look like it rained like in the morning, then got got sunny in the evening. Okay. And um, while you were in the park, what do you remember? What you were wearing that day? It was a hoodie, a sweatpants, and a shoes. Okay. What color was the hoodie? Do you remember? Most likely brown. Mm -hmm. And the sweatpants? I think it's probably black. Right. And the shoes, were they shoes or sneakers? Sneakers. Okay. Do you remember what color they were, what kind? Mm. Okay. It's all very generic, isn't it? Tracks, pants, hoodie, and sneakers. This is August where it's still summer over there, isn't it? It is, and I yes, I know that that some people wear those sorts of clothing all all year. But um, Chanel doesn't also seem like the person that probably had nineteen pairs of sneakers. So the fact that um he couldn't even say was which side of sneakers he was wearing was quite bizarre. But at the same time, um, as you said, it's it's just you know hoodie and track pants is just the basic basic of of information that they're using there, and it's just as if they're just trying to. Um, embellish what they know just to see if they can add some extra things in this to see if they can go to other mm. witnesses and say did you see a black man wearing a hoodie and sneakers like I mean yeah <laughs> yeah getcha um, so now it turns to the moment that Lewis sees Karina in the timeline let's see the questioning around that moment now while you're in the park um, did something happen yes what happened while you're in the park Girl jogging, and then, I, then I, you know, one thing led to another because some other situation. All right. Is is he actually a, a, about to admit everything? Let me just read back what Lewis just said verbatim. While I was in the park, seeing this girl jogging, and then, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and some other situation. McCormack seemed happy with that statement. Is that because there's confirmation the two met? Is this guy just going to confess? Well, that is a confession. They have just said to him, you know, did you see well, it's not her? A confession and he, he said did, yes. Is it? I mean, there's a confession that they met. I mean, I, I was looking at that thinking, well, maybe he's alluding to the fact they had consensual sex. No, not um, not uh, a police, a fire chief's um, daughter and a black man from the wrong side of the tracks. You know, this wasn't I, a secret. I'm not do. saying the police think that. <laughs> I'm saying that this guy could be leading to that defence. But I actually parked that to the side, put a pin in that, because it just does seem like he's ready to admit it. Anyway, I'm, I'm intrigued. Say what you wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's um, it's it, it's just along those lines that you know. Well, yeah, it was good enough for him to actually say that uh, Chanel said that you know that that they had met. One thing led to another. That's all they want to hear. They want to say that the two people were there and she ended up dead. That's his mm. confession, regardless of how good it is. That's all they want to hear. This is basically lip service. They don't care what he, he says, that they have their guy, they have what needs to be done, and him confessing on camera is, is just basically the icing on the cake. Yeah, it certainly plays back to what I said before. They they know what they're doing. They know they, they've got their guy. All right, so McCormack then asks Lewis about what Karina was wearing. The girl that was jogging, was she by herself or with anybody else? By herself. Um, what did she look like? What was she wearing? Well, it's a she looked like she was wearing a yellow tank top, maybe. Okay. What kind of pants? I wouldn't really know. Were they long or short? Do you remember? No. Do you remember if they long pants or short pants? Huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Lewis says he thinks she was wearing a yellow tank top and unsure of the pants. In fact, as we saw in the opening footage for those on the video stream, Karina was wearing a black bra-type crop and short pants, Amanda. Yeah, so the fact that he's saying, oh, I think she was wearing a bright yellow top um, is like the first sort of red flag that we have here. And then the fact that he didn't know what sort of pants she was wearing and yet um, it's claimed that she was sexually assaulted. And if this is his only victim, surely he, he would have some of that imprinted on his brain. So the fact that he doesn't sort of know um, and he can't sort of give a, a true answer, they just go with him going, I don't know. Because if he says definitely yellow top, definitely long pants and she's in, in a black crop, and a black 
short shorts, um, that's going to play against them again. So the fact that he isn't giving a definite answer there, they're happy with that once again. Got you. Okay. So now it's time to talk about how the killer and victim actually crossed paths. And was she, was she jogging? Was she coming from the same direction that you came from when you entered the park? No, this the direction. Okay. And when you first saw her, where were you? Were you in the grass or were you on the trail? On the trail. All right. And were you moving or you, were you standing still? I felt moving to music. You were, you were walking or jogging? Walking. Walking? And you were walking towards her? I was walking towards her and then... Side to side, and then okay. one thing When you first saw her, though, were you walking towards her or the same direction, sir? When you first saw her, we walked towards each other. Towards each other, okay. And she was jogging, you said? I know it's an important detail to discern if he was following her or if they crossed paths, but again, this isn't something, this can't be proven either way. And Lewis kind of says both and neither at the same time, Amanda. Yep, he does, because he doesn't know what answer they want. And this is what's happening because he's getting confused because they're offering different options, you know, long pants, short pants, you know, top jumper, all of this sort of stuff is, is occurring. And so he's just sort of saying, oh, well, I was sort of running and she was sort of running and then I was walking and I was playing music and we sort of crossed paths here, but then I was behind her and all of this. It's very, very vague. But what do you mean? it's still part of the confession. What do you mean that he doesn't know what answer they want? He's there to tell his story. Why is he trying to appease them? Just remember that we have four law enforcement people in that room and one black man. So we have two police detectives and two ADAs in that room. Okay. Does he look like a man who has just been brought in kicking and screaming and yelling and shouting and, as someone who um, chases after a jogger and attacks them and rapes them and bashes their head in? Look look at the different um, way that this interview is, is going on. You know, how often have we had ADAs in the interview? Uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, there's a lot going on here yeah, <laughs> that, really that, that will show itself, but this, this is a very different sort of interview. And this is why they're sort of saying, they're saying the statement and they want him to confirm, not now tell us what happened next. It's not happening that way. They're saying, how did you meet her? That's yeah. very different to saying, can you tell us what happened next? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, next, the assistant district attorney asks about the moment that Lewis grabbed her. Do you know if she had uh, anything, on, was, anything on her head or in her hands, remember, as she was approaching you? She might have had a phone. Okay. And where, were her, where was her phone? Was it in her hand or was it clipped to her clothes? Do you remember? It was in her hand. Okay. And... Uh, you said as, as she got next to you, when she got next to you, as you as she was running and you were walking, what happened then? And then, you know, because of the past situation, I got angry and then I hit in there and stuff like that. Okay. Okay, so he claims he got angry and so he started hitting her. Now, I know we look at many different stories and reasons behind crimes. This one seems very weak to me. Yeah, he, he had that day had a fight with his mum, which is his reason for being out in the park too, just sort of blow off some steam and everything. But um, we we usually assume that when violent attacks happen, that, that, that they happen out of anger. But it's usually not that, but more to do with um, uh, power and control. Mm. So if, if he's angry with his mum, he's, he's not going to go and rape someone as a re retaliation, you know, it's a, it's a bit misguided. But we're also oh, hearing on, there that though? when he says... Sorry, if, if yeah, he I... isn't in the control position with his mum because, you know, he's, he, he might have respect for her and, and, and not want to upset her, could this be a way of him taking control? Absolutely, it, it, it can, and, and it does happen. But what we're seeing here is that we have someone who is just claiming that out of out of his whole history of never having a violent uh, moment in, 
in his life. As we said, his his police record is for breaking into and for public urination, not attacks, not violence. Yeah. And for him to then suddenly find a girl um, in a very, very public park in summer and decided to beat her head in and rape her in like broad daylight, it just doesn't sit with this case. And what we also hear when every, when he, he talks, we hear a pen scratch. And if you know what pen scratches sound like, and this is a weird thing to hear, but it's like that they're doing ticks when, when he says something or agrees to something, they're, they're right. ticking it off a checklist. And it's just okay. an interesting thing that was sort of... Mm. <laughs> so they're not writing it down. It's a no. tick noise. I should have probably mentioned that. Yes, they, they they have their story. As I said, they want him to say yes or no to the parts that they are feeding to him. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Uh, interesting. All right. You mentioned something before that it wasn't sitting right with you. Well, ADA McCormack, he agrees with you, Amanda, and he asked the same question. And it seems to throw Lewis a little, creating a bit more doubt. Um, before you did, where did you hit her? Like in the face and in the mouth. In the face and the mouth. Before you hit her, did you grab her or did you just hit her right away? I kind of grabbed her first. Grabbed her? Then, like, how did you grab her? What part of her body did you did you grab? Like I started hitting her because of the incident that was going on earlier. Right, uh, but did you did you grab her before you started hitting her or was the first thing you did was to hit her? What was the first thing you did? I grabbed her. Okay. And how did you grab her? Okay. With both hands? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what part of her body did you grab? Do you remember her shoulders, her waist, her neck? Do you remember? Probably around here. Okay. Around the shoulders. It, it does feel that the ADA is basically putting words in this guy's mouth, Amanda. They are. And when he's getting confused and saying different things to what they want him to say, he actually then comes back and, and says it again. So, you know, he said, oh, I started by, by hitting her. And they said, Dan, you grab her. He goes, oh, yeah, I did grab her. But then I was hitting her. And, like, he's trying to get this story to where it needs to be. And they're saying, well, um, well, how did you grab her? And he just sort of puts his hands out in front as if he sort of grabbed her, her by the elbows or, or, or by the hands. And then they said, what part of her did you grab? And he says, by the shoulders. Now, if he had grabbed her by the shoulders, surely he would have had that tactile response to realise that her shoulders were bare. She wasn't wearing a top. She was wearing a crop top that had, like, singlet sleeves. So it's interesting that he doesn't recall that even now going, oh, actually, when I grabbed her arms, her, her, her arms were bare. It's just interesting that they keep sort of saying, no, well, did you hit her with something? You know, they're feeding him these lines to get these answers out because they are keep going over this story because they said that, you know, she, she was bashed on, on, on the back of the head, knocked down, punched in the face and raped and strangled. That's what they want him to say. And so when he says something wrong or out of order, they that they sort of go back and backtrack and say, no, 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 hang on, you, you didn't hit her first, you, you were grabbing her first to, to, to pull her down. I mean, there's part of me that would think this isn't the guy with what you're saying, but he's just trying to give them 
what they want, but I'm assuming he is the guy, but you know what? I'm not going to make you answer that because, you know, I'm sure I'm not spoiling anything, but, you know, we like to have our our theories along the way, or I like to, and I'm sure the listeners do as well. All right, so McCormack then continues with how he hit her. And when you grabbed her, what happened then? And start hitting there and stuff like that. All right. Now, um, did you hit it with both hands? Probably, yeah. All right. And what part of her body did you hit with your hands? I didn't hit any part of her body. Her face? Just the face. Just the face? All right. About how many times did you hit her in the face? About five. All right. Yeah, the more I see of this, it's confusing it's not feeling right there's something off there is something very off with this interrogation this is one of those times that i'm like how are people going yep this is the guy let's you know let's take him down he's he's confessed to absolutely everything because his answers are are perplexing you know if 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 you're going to beat someone and we know that she you know her teeth were knocked out um she she, she had bruises on on her neck and he's saying that he punched her five times with, with, with one hand you know it just it, it's not making sense with what they have but they seem to be happy when he gives an answer that they seem to be the one that they're tr- trying to feed to him okay um Lots of questions, but let's see how McCormack feeds the next part of the confession to Lewis. Was she standing when you started to hit her, or was she on the ground? She was on the ground. Okay. So did she, when did she fall to the ground, after you grabbed her? All right. Now, when she fell to the ground, was she lying in the path, or was she off the path? The pathway. When, when, she, when she fell to the ground and you were hitting her, was she on the pathway or was she off the pathway? She's on the pathway. All right. About how wide is this path, would you say? Like a couple of feet. Okay. So it's not that wide, right? And um, when you were hitting her in the face, was she face up or face down? She was like face up. Face up. Did she say anything at all? No, did she scream? No, because her tooth broke. I'm sorry, her tooth broke? Right. Were you covering her mouth at all? No? Okay. Um, the tooth that broke, was it like in the front, the top or the bottom, do you remember? No. Okay. How long would you say you were hitting her for? About how, how long in time? The whole thing was about five minutes. Five minutes, all right. Okay, so he has mentioned her teeth were broken, so that's detail he's given without prompting, but that could have been common knowledge. I I genuinely don't know which way to go, whether <laughs> I should believe it's him or not, but what I'm trying to work out in the back of my head is why would he be confessing if it wasn't him? And that is the perfect question to be asking because false confessions do occur we have known that they've happened i mean we can look at henry lee lucas that confessed to 513 killings and i think he might have done two um you know and thousands of 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 police uh, departments were able to close their cases because someone had confessed so uh, Mm. false confessions do occur um and but as you said now he's actually mentioned the teeth and they hadn't mentioned the teeth to him and uh so it's interesting that he sort of added that in because that's like a perfect example of them going, well, we didn't say that, you know, and he he went to that himself. Except, and this is where I'm, I'm going to throw in the curveball, this typed filmed confession um, is after several hours of questioning with these four mm. men in the room. Mm. So uh, th- this is the time that this man has been browbeaten and God knows what else. 
and now they're saying now we're turning on the camera and we'll get your response if you've seen he's had a flat effect he's he's not sort of um getting upset he's not happy that there's no emotions mm. he is trying to say what they need him to say you know was she on the path was she off the path oh she was kind of on the path which means that she was half off the path that's hedging your bets you Why know did you hit her him without um, a camera on isn't the whole point of these <laughs> police interviews is that everything is filmed? Yeah, yeah. She hmm. is a fire chief's daughter. What about DNA? Well, as we said, you know, it is suspected that, that she was raped during her attack. So he voluntarily submitted his DNA because he thought, you know, it's not me. And what do you know? They decided that that was the DNA that they found on, on her under her fingernails. Um, and it was actually only taken from him after another police officer claimed that he had seen Lewis the night of the attack six months later. Oh, this is getting intriguing. All right. Now another ADA also adds info and it actually gets Lewis a little bit confused. Five minutes. All right. And... Did you do anything else to her besides hit her? Did you put her hands on any other part of her body? No. Okay, well, around her neck or anything? Yeah, there was. I'm sorry? Yeah. You put her hands on her neck? Around her neck? Okay. <laughs> do you remember, was it one hand or both hands? Both. Both? All right. And how long did you have your hands around her neck? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Did you squeeze her neck when you had your hands around her neck? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. You don't remember for how long, though? Okay. Because I was mad at an incident. You were mad about an incident. Okay, we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit, all right? I just want to find out what happened, all right? Um, and was she still moving when you had your hands around her neck? Oh, yeah, and then she dropped into the water. Okay. Well, when you had your hands around the neck, was she on the ground or standing up? She's on the ground. On the ground. Face up or face down? Face up. All right. And then how did her face go in the water? I was strangling it with water and then I put her face in the ground. Okay. You were strangling so her, you said? Water, and and she, you put her face? No, she fell in the water. Okay. And then my hand was bleeding, so I didn't wash off all the blood. Okay. Which hand do you remember? Uh, you just showed me your right hand, right? Your right hand? Where was it bleeding? What part of the hand? Your knuckle? Okay. And when her face went in the water, was she face up or face down? Down. Down? Or face up. A face up? Yes. All right. Was the water covering her face? Mm-hmm. And how long did you hold her under the water? Actually, I didn't hold her under the water. When I came back, she was just... Oh, you didn't hold her under the water? Okay. Was she was she moving when you put her face in the water? She was not moving. Okay. What do you remember? Was she still moving when you had your hands around her neck? At all? Mm -hmm. How was she moving? What was she doing? Uh, she wasn't really moving that much. Okay. Did she um, try to hit you or <coughs> do it, touch your body during this time? Okay. What 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 did she do? I tried to scratch me. Okay. And um, did she scratch you? Where did she scratch you? My face. Okay. Would that be on the the um, the right side of your face? Probably uh, one of these two, though. Okay. Did she leave a mark or a scratch on your face? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Um. So at at some point before she went into the water, she had stopped moving. Is that right? She stopped moving before her face went into the water, correct? Right. Did, um... Kind of. I'm sorry. Kind of did. Kind of did? All right. What, could you tell if she was breathing or not? What did you say? Uh, the last question. Could you tell if she was breathing? No, the other one. Oh, before that? I yeah. said, oh, at some point before she went into the water, she stopped moving, and you said kind of, right? This, this is like after, after the water? Well, that when when you when she went when you put her in the yeah. water, was she still moving right. then? In the water, she fell in the she water. She fell. Was she moving then? After that, she wasn't moving. Okay. Did she fall in the water when you first threw her to the ground, or when you're on the ground with her head in her? Did she like kind of move towards the water? It was more like a strangulation, and then she went into the water. So it was after you had your hands on her neck that she went in the water. Mm -hmm. All right.
Okay. Uh, are they saying she drowned? Yeah, they're trying to say that, but um, she didn't drown. She was strangled. She was dead. Um, and so it's interesting that he's now getting confused with what they're asking and asking him to go back over other questions. You know, it's things like, um, did she hurt you? Yes, she scratched my face. Which side? Oh, one of these sites. Like, it's it, he doesn't give firm answers and they're happy with that. They're, they're not like, okay, well, let's have a look at at your face there is one moment he, he says that she hurt his right hand and that it was bleeding and so the cop behind the camera moves the camera in closer to get a look at his left hand you know it's like what are they trying to see when the other hand's not on on camera but he's getting so confused now that they're adding these more more details in about the, the water and was she in it was she alive was this before you strangled her was this after you strangled her was she moving was she not all of this is is now getting to a point that he has no idea what part of, of the story he's up to because he's now just saying both or none you know it's it's not one definitive answer and so they have to keep going over it to hopefully get him to make a coherent statement it's almost the opposite of when people are trying to cover up their lie when they they've committed a murder and they're trying to give an alibi, but they can't get their story straight because it's not set in reality. It feels like this time this guy is trying to give them the narrative they want, but he doesn't have the level of detail because perhaps he didn't do it. Good, good thing to point out, Robert. It's very hard to remember a lie, as you said. So if this isn't the truth... He's not going to remember when the girl went into the water. He even said, when I came back. Like, mm. that's not, no one picked up on that, that he said that, is it possible that he saw her, saw her get attacked, ran off, come back, she was still there. Um, you know, he said that she was um, uh, on, on her back when all of this happened, but she was actually face down. You know, and, and there's things like this that, that aren't making sense that they're jumping on and getting him to confirm, though he's not really confirming as much as they would like him to do. But they're just going to keep soldiering on because they're getting enough that this is essentially a, a good confession, according to them. Mm. Well, now the ADA asks about how she was moved. And what did you do then after that? After that, she was just lying there, and then I got her by ankles, and then picked her back from from her back and put her in the bushes. Okay. Like, can you just describe to me like how you moved her? What part of, of the body were you holding when when you moved her? Like the, on the hands. And okay, on her back. Did you have, were your hands holding her arms, or were your hands under her arms, or like holding it? Your hands were holding one hand on each one of her hands. Like how you just grab and just somebody there. You saw you were dragging her by the by the hands or the arms, right? Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. He said two different things. Then let's play that section again, please. And what did you do then after that? After that, she was just lying there, and then. I got her by ankles and then picked her back from, from her back and put her in the bushes. Okay. Like, can you just describe to me, like, how you moved her? What part of, of the body were you holding when, when you moved her? Like, the, on the hands. And okay. On her back. Did you have, were your hands holding her arms or were your hands under her arms? Or? Like, holding it. Your hands were holding one hand on each one of her hands? Like, how you just grab and just somebody, yeah. You saw you were dragging her by the, by the hands or the arms, right? Yeah. Okay, so first he said he dragged her by the ankles and then the ADA asks again and he changed it to dragging her by her arms. Yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that alone, just that one sentence there is a perfect example of them getting him to do it again because he's trying to give the answer and so then they say you know well what part did you grab her by when he'd literally just said ankles so obviously that wasn't the right answer because they didn't move on so he knew that the answer he had given was wrong so when they asked again he knew he had to change what that answer was yeah okay now they bring up her mobile phone because this is where his dna was found 
I think you said, um, Chanel, that she had a phone with her, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened to her phone? She must have lost it all that. Did you ever grab her phone? Mm -hmm. Yeah? No, no, I might have touched it. Okay. If you touched it, do you know where? Did you put it somewhere? Or? No. No? So she might have lost it, then he had it. Uh, this really is all over the place, Amanda. It, it's all over the place. Yeah, and, and he has learnt that their questioning moves on if he says the right answer. So when he said, I don't know, she yes. must have lost it, and then they say, well, you know, whereabouts was it? And he goes, oh, well, I might have touched it. You know, so it's 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 interesting that it keeps changing. So if we, we could make probably four confessions out of this, two totally different things. I think that we could say that he saw Santa Claus that day from these answers <laughs> he is giving because nothing makes sense and there mm -hmm. is so much double speak and there's so much pressure on him to answer it correctly. And he's trying to do that the best that he can with four men in that room who have been there for many hours before this half an hour confession. Mm. All right, so next they turn to Karina's clothes. Now, remember back to earlier, I told you her sports bra top was pushed up, exposing her breasts, and her shorts and underwear were down. Remember that. Did she touch anything else that she might have had with her? I wouldn't know. Um, when you left her in the grass, what were, were, were her clothes still on? Was, what, what was the um, st status of her clothing? How was how was her clothing? Was like pulled off. Pulled off. Yeah. Okay. What was pulled off? Like her clothes. Her shirt. Her pants. Her pants. What about her shirt? Sure. I think it was still intact. Still, maybe. maybe. Okay. And when you say her pants were pulled off, were they totally off or were they half on or half off? What were they? Looked like kind of half off. Okay. Um, were they down or up? I mean, her pants. Kind of like down. Okay. What about her underwear? Maybe it was down. Okay. Did you um, touch her in any way in her, her, uh, her, um, her vagina, her anus at all? Mm -mm. Not at all? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, McCormack certainly squirmed when he didn't want to say the word vagina. I think that says a lot <laughs> him, but I digress. Again, if Lewis <laughs> said the right thing, they say, okay. If not, they go in again and offer other options. How were her clothes? Off. Like, that was not ambiguous. Her, his first statement was that her clothes... She was naked, was what he said. And by the time they had rerouted him, oh, yeah, the pants were down and the underpants were down. You know, it was a complete change of statement. It was. And it's interesting that what he said when he said, oh, yeah, the pants were off, then the ADA comes back and say, well, were they half down or half up? That's the same answer. So he had to pick one of the two, which regardless was Good going point. to be the answer that he wanted to hear. It is weird things like that that are sort of creating this doubt that he goes, okay, well, they obviously weren't completely off, so they must have been partly on. You know, he's saying, no, top was down, and yet her, her breasts were exposed. That's a very um, uh, distinctive signature that, that some sexual um, – attackers do is is about exposing the breast and and the way they do it it's not about stripping it off it's about shoving everything up um but but he is trying to go that he is trying to make that perfect answer were her clothes off yes yep they were gone they were off you know and he thought he was going in there with a definite answer and they just keep going back over mm, you know were they half on half off it just oh it just it's very how, how frustrating to listen to this how was this tape made public and uh, in the, because it does not make the police look good and how did how was it ever used as evidence? Because a good lawyer would just go leading the witness from the start. A good lawyer probably would. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll move on. After a little talk about where Lewis resided at the time and how the day and, and how that day he was angry because a neighbor was playing loud music, they return to Lewis's movements that day. 
Well, and what time? <clears throat> when did you leave your house to go to that park that day? Probably left about about twelve o'clock. In the afternoon, early afternoon. Yeah. And how far is your house to that? It's called Spring Creek Park, right? Is that mm -hmm. what it's called? How far is your house from that park? It's probably like a couple of blocks. Right. And how did you get to the park? Yeah, I just go to just usually I just go to an industrial place and then go to um, the mall and then go go across the bridge. Okay. Did you walk? Did you ride a bike or walk? Okay. Was anybody with you? Did, did did you tell anybody that you were going to the park before you went? Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, you entered the park through what what how, what entrance way did you get into the park? What street Bell is that? Parkway. By the Bell Parkway entrance. All right. Then how far into the park did you walk when you had you walked when you first saw um, the girl? I walked to one trail and then went to the next trail. Okay. Now. It's interesting watching that footage, Amanda, because Lewis has now wrapped his hands inside the front of his shirt. If you are on our video tiers at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions or at mwm.uscreen.io, uh, apologies, you will see his shirt, his hands are right up in his shirt. It's almost like he's really trying to comfort himself. He is. He's, he's even got his hands to his his throat up up inside his jacket, which is something that we do as a protective stance. It's it's something that I I do a lot actually, and I try not to. But it's it's that feeling of of just sort of like trying to decompress yourself, and and that's what he's is trying to do there. He has no fire in him. He is yeah. just trying to hug himself. He is probably feeling cold from the anxiety of going through all of this, and he is just trying trying to do what he can to get out of this room. Yeah. Um, he also said he left home at midday. She was in the park at 5 p.m., but they didn't try and correct him on that one. Yeah, I mean, he had only a few blocks to walk, and apparently that took him five hours. No one picked that, that up. You know, that's that's the first big flaw in, in this whole thing besides everything else. Mm. Yeah, well, they do push him on this because McCormack asked again how long it took to come across Karina. So how far would you say in distance you had walked when you ran into her? What do you mean? Well, at some point while you were inside the park, you were listening to music, right? Mm -hmm. And were you listening to music through headphones or, or the radio or... How we listen to music? Oh, phone. Your phone? Yeah. All right. And at some point while you're walking, listening to music, you see the girl jogging towards you, right? Mm -hmm. So, how far had you been? How far had you walked, like from from the point you entered until you saw her coming? Along halfway through, more than halfway through, or it's kind of like one trail and then you go to the next trail. Okay, so you took one trail to the next trail. All right. And. Um, from the time you first grabbed the girl until the time you dragged her into the grass and left her there, about how how long you think that took? You know, when you punched her and strangled her, how long would you say it lasted? About five minutes. Okay. Now, had you ever gone to that park like before this date? Would you go there on, on occasion? Or? Yeah, sometimes when I was when I get angry and stuff like that. How many times would you say you've been there before? to the park? Like several times. More than three, four times? Yeah. Okay. Would you always go into the park by that trail? Yeah. All right. And would you always walk or there would other ways to get there? I always walk. So you, would you walk the same route? Sometimes I do, sometimes to a different route. Okay. Did, um, did you ever go there with someone else, with friends or anything? No. No? Okay. Did you ever want, on, while you were in that area, did you ever once get spoken to by police in the area, like before this happened? I got that stopped once by the police. Yeah. How long before this was that? Probably a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Hang on, was that whole section about the fact he goes to his local park? 
Yeah. And they're shocked yeah, by I mean, this. Such a shock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the fact that he has been there multiple times, you know, he must be in his hunting ground at the local park that is a few blocks from his home and probably only green belt that they have. You know, it's it's just amazing that that they want to clarify that he's been to that park. Um, but this is how they actually get him is because um, obviously that case was a huge news item at the time, you know, and when they uh, announced his arrest, uh, there was a huge news piece about how the interrogation had come to finger him for this crime. And I think we've got it here now and how they broke the case. Lewis was interviewed by detectives and made detailed incriminating statements and admissions. Charges are now pending. But one cop's hunch broke this case wide open. Lieutenant John Russo recalls seeing a man he saw near the crime scene months before the murder. One of my lieutenants who works in my office lives there. He followed up on, on, a, on a memory of his when uh, someone was stopped for uh, sus suspicious behavior in that community. And we started to look at uh, Chanel Lewis even, even tighter and we started to see some things that disturbed us. Uh, is this trying to make the suspect fit the crime, do you think, Amanda? Uh, absolutely. This is about having someone that they've decided that on that cop's hunch that he saw this guy months before, it had to have been him because he's the only black man that's ever been to that park, um, <laughs> that it must have been him that has done this, you know. And it's that's the warrant that they bring the guy in on that a cop remembers seeing him. Out of all the people on all the days in all the world, amazing. Anyway, let's return to the interview because I want to get to the end. I want to find out if this guy went down for it or whether this was exposed for the fast that it is. Uh, so let's go back to the interview. They dig out a map, but not before they mention that they had spoken to Lewis the night before and that they should wait for the camera. Okay, some acknowledgement that pre-interviews have taken place. Let's have a look. No, I know, um, no, Chanel, I know that, uh, like last night, you, you, did, you really didn't want to talk about this, right? Last night. But today, it was okay, you wanted to talk about it, right? I know that you told um, Detective Brown you wanted to straighten your life out, right? Yes. Okay. And then Detective Brown said to wait until you came in the room to talk about it, that's right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you did, right? Yes. Okay. I know that, um, I think... Detective Brown showed you this map before when uh, he spoke to you, right? Remember this map? Okay. Can you show me on the map, like, where, what point, like, what, that you ent actually entered into the park? This little dot there? Okay, thanks. And is that the same way you went out? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you went out, were you walking or running? Do you remember? Walking. Walking, okay. And where did you go after you left the park? Pretty much my hand was really hurting me, so I went home. Okay. Was it like bleeding heavily or was it just like a scratch or do you remember? Like it was sweating a little bit so. Sweating and bleeding? Pain a little bit so. Yeah. Hurting? Right. And um, you said you had some scratches on your face, right? All right. Um, where did you go after you left the park? Did you go out somewhere? Did you go home? Went home. Okay. Was anyone home when you got there? Mm hmm. Okay. I got my own keys, so I just. Right. Did anyone see you that evening? Yes, they were asleep. Hmm? Or kind of, yeah, the same. Okay, did they ask you what happened to your face? Did they notice they had a scratch on your face? Anybody? Not really, but they, know. they noticed this, like... What did you say about that? I said I fell. Okay. Did you say where? Mm hmm What did you say? I said Gateway Mall Park. Okay. Okay, so they said he went home, then they asked him again, but his answers, they are literally just noises and grunts now. Yeah, um, this interrogation is now just going completely downhill. He is so thoroughly exhausted. And the fact that they said, you know, we asked you about this last night, right? We asked you and you told us, but you wanted to wait for the camera, right? And he's just going on and on and on with this sort of stuff to say, you know, you wanted to straighten out your life. This wasn't a bad kid. This this, this wasn't sort of some hardcore gangbanger who, who, mm. who suspected, you know, 15 rapes and, and, and 12 um 
cold kills. You know, this is this is a, a kid who apparently um, was seen at the park by one cop and so assumes that he was the only other person that could have been in the park that day. That now, you know, that they're saying, so what did they say when you got home? Uh, you know, it's just these sorts of answers because he is so fatigued. Um, I doubt he's had much sleep at all, if any, because mm. this is like 10.30 that next day. He got arrested the day before and he's been in police custody this whole entire time answering yeah. questions. So, you know, he he's just done. He he will just tell them whatever they want to hear if we can stop this fr- fr- from continuing. Okay. All right. So after sitting in silence, McCormack asks a pretty important question. Can you just tell us what this girl looked like? Was she a black girl, Chinese girl, Spanish girl, white girl? Do you remember? She looked white. Okay. But how big was she? About five, about five, four, five, three, I guess. Heavy, slim, medium? I don't know, medium. Okay. Had you ever seen her before? No. Did you ever go back to the same park, Spring Creek Park, after August 2nd, after this date? Mm-hmm. Never? Okay. You know, after uh, her face is in the water and you pick her up and you drag her into the weeds, does she move at all at that point or make any more noises? Mm-hmm. No? At what point did she stop moving and making any sounds? Just when she was under the water. Under the water? Mm-hmm. Like as she was under the water or right before you put her in? Um, as she was under the water. Were you holding her under the water? At that point, no. I was too busy cleaning off the blood from her hand. Okay. Was she still moving while you were strangling her around the neck? She was moving uh, quite a little bit, yeah. Is that when she scratched your face? No, it was when she didn't. When you were hitting her, she scratched your face? Mm-hmm. Okay. When you were hitting her, were you standing over her, or were you like sitting on her chest, or how, how did where were, how were you positioned when you were hitting her? Like I was on top. But were you standing on top, or were you like were your knees on the ground? Were you like, you know, were you low, or were you standing up on your feet? Like, it was kind of like between, like in the middle, between the middle of standing and crouching. Crouching like like a catcher in baseball, or with your knees on the ground. It's more like a one with a baseball. Like a catcher with baseball? Did you ever hit it with anything or did you hit it with your hands? Just the hands. Okay. Oh, and all the all the punches were to her face, right? Mm-hmm. And you said it was with both your hands? Mm-hmm. You only got the injury to the one hand? Mm-hmm. Would you say use that hand more? Yeah, it's more like you don't that hand, yeah. Are you righty? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you notice whether her she suffered any injuries as a result of the punches? Just a broken tooth. That's it? Was do you remember could you see if she was bleeding or not? Or black? No, not really. Small you didn't check? Okay. Was she, did she say anything to you? Was she able to, other than maybe if she screamed, did she, was she able to communicate at all? Say any words, any sentences? Did you say anything to her while it's happening? Jeez, everything is in the middle. So when they give him a choice, he says between the two rather than selecting one. I am not convinced by this interrogation that this is a clean-cut case. Uh, we have raised some very serious doubts throughout this podcast today, Amanda. Yeah, I mean, you know, even down to where you're standing up or or where you're on the ground, I was halfway between, you know, where you're hitting her with both hands or one hand or your both hands. It's if Everything is just the possibility between the two you know was she thin or 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 big build she was you know in between it's it's all of this sort of stuff that makes it very very vague and you know he has tried his his best to give them all the answers he he, he's supposed to give but no one has brought up the fact that she was struck in the back of the head and it's interesting that that hasn't come up at all during any of that interrogation 
Mm. And, and what's also interesting is when the two ADAs try to find a motive for the murder, they bring up a racially motivated attack that occurred in Howard Beach in 1986, where a man was chased to death. I mean, this is beyond bizarre, but let's have a look. And this, you were angry because of what happened in your neighborhood? Yes. Were you angry about what happened in Howard Beach? No. Did you have any friends or people you knew who lived in the neighborhood by Howard Beach? No. No? Okay. Okay, um, the time is. I'm oh, sorry. Talking about this. What you was talking about? I don't know him. Where's so what? What? Oh, except call again. Where's so what? You said it. I said, did you have any friends in the area? He said, no, I don't whisper to me. Wait, there was something you said. That's not a bad edit. That's literally where the tape cuts off, as Lewis is implying that there are other things they were going to discuss. This was all planned out before that camera started recording, Amanda. It certainly was, and we heard them tick that piece of paper multiple times. That map was sitting in front of him the entire time for that interrogation. And, you know, they asked him, was this in, in retaliation for what happened in, in your area. And he thought they were talking about the fight that he had with his mum over the guy next door's stereo going and stuff like this. And then he goes, oh, you, you can talk about the stuff that they said yesterday kind of thing. It's it's so interesting that they go, okay, yeah, we're done, we're done, we're done, because he has no idea what they're talking about. He was absolutely dumbfounded at the end that he didn't know what they were trying to do there, but they were trying to pin a motive on this case as in a racially motivated attack on a white girl because of something that happened to a black man 40 years ago. And he is so much more animated in that last 10 seconds where he is going, what's going on here? He's gone from, yeah, okay, I'm doing what I have to do. It's almost like as soon as the, the camera lights off, he's like, hey, what about it? You know, like he, he, he's a completely different character. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it makes no sense and it's infuriating to see a, an interrogation go down like this with yeah. so much power in that room and one young black guy just trying to work out what the hell's going on. Hmm. Well, the investigation did go to trial in November 2018 and Lewis was charged with four counts of first-degree murder, five counts of second-degree murder, two counts of first-degree aggravated sexual abuse and two counts of first-degree sexual abuse. The man pleaded not guilty to the charges. As the trial began, the prosecution had a forensic specialist who said without doubt that the DNA found on Karina had a one in six trillion chance of being from someone other than Lewis. But then the ADA dropped nine of the charges, leaving Lewis facing only four, namely one of first-degree murder, two of second-degree murder, and one of first-degree sexual abuse. However, the defence brought up issues with the way the DNA was collected and had likely been contaminated. The doubts about the DNA saw the case declared a mistrial when the jury could not come to a verdict. Lewis faced trial again in March 2019 and was found guilty of the four charges. This time, the jury made their decision in less than five hours. However, sentencing was delayed after one juror claimed that three others had acted inappropriately and ignored the judge's instructions. Those other jurors claimed that the accusation was false, though some of them stated that they had felt pressured to convict the man. Lewis was sentenced to life without parole. However, the case doesn't stop there and has there has been information that has found that the officers from the area had rounded up a total of 384 black men and had them all supply DNA and it was found that Lewis was suddenly a match six months later. Additionally, in the initial investigation, police believed two white men had actually been the killers of Karina and a letter sent to the media by an unnamed police source provided proof of that claim. The matter was raised in the second trial, but the prosecution denied any knowledge. To this day, there are discussions about the likelihood that Lewis's confession was coerced, having spent 11 hours in custody before making the confession that we have just analysed. As well as that, police were set on framing a black man for the murder amid racial tensions in the area. Well, Amanda, that last bit is not a surprise. That's pretty much where we've been coming to this whole episode. 
But where does that leave us? It is. The man is in jail. Well, <laughs> well, the man is in jail, uh, but there has been calls uh, for his case to be reopened and it is game, gaining a bit of steam. So it is likely that we could see a different outcome in this case. Obviously, we need to follow that unnamed source about who the police were actually fingering for this at the beginning of this. But um, yes, racial tensions are obviously an issue um, with cases like this and the fact that they thought it was two white men. It's somewhere, sometime, I think DNA is going to pop up by someone else being arrested for some other crime that will then um, have a hit on on the DNA that was found with Karina. But um, yes, 11 hours in custody before they take that confession, if you want to call that a confession. Um, Yeah, there is certainly doubts and there are are a lot of advocates out there that are fighting for um, his freedom. Why don't police just do their job and try and catch the people rather than all this effort in framing people? Uh, It's a bizarre case and we will follow this one throughout the coming weeks, months and even years if that's what it takes. Amanda Howard, thank you very much for another really fascinating episode. Thank you. We'll see you soon for another edition of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. That's the end of Season 15. We're coming back very soon with Season 16. It it will not be a prolonged break. Amanda and I are keen as mustard to get started, and it's going to be very, very special, isn't it, Amanda? It certainly is. I have gone down a rabbit hole that um, I don't want to come up for a breath from because it is just so fascinating. Well, when Amanda goes down, you know that uh, it's game on. Thank you, Amanda. (laughs) What a way to end the series. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.